Words FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Root of Victory. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is November 20th in the year 2023. One thing that absolutely can't be denied is that the focus of this enemy is always a destroying family. And they're trying to get down to the point where families themselves can no longer recover. And that is the goal at this point in time, to eliminate and make it impossible for a country to ever recover and that the family becomes subjugated to the institutions and no longer to God. Now, we're going to cover this topic here in this hour. And then in the next hour with Fishers of Men, I'm going to have Paul Cantrell on, who happens to be visiting with his family, a family of 10 children. And we're going to get into this in some other dimensions, but I really want you to start getting in your mindset right now that we are dealing with an attack and a weaponized attack against the very core and root of the family in a way that we have never imagined. And there's going to be a lot of discussion about this going forward, in particular my stand and what I'm personally going to be doing in the coming weeks and what we're going to be producing to be released on January 11th, 2024. So all of this needs to be put in context that there is no way forward for this nation. There is no way forward for any nation unless we restore the family at its very root. Now, before we get going, this is a very critical time to be aware of the fact that we have a lot going on with food and the attacks on our food system and trying to make us dependent on things like their systems of food, which would always lead to nasty things like eating bugs and fake meat and so forth. Basically, every institution that we currently own is, or that we currently work with is currently corrupted. There's no question about that. And so right now, you need to take time to head on over to My Patriot Supply. And you get there by going to our website to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Now, right now, they have their three-month emergency food kits. They provide delicious lunches, breakfasts, dinners, and up to 25 years on the shelf, 2,000 calories a day. They're a fantastic resource to put an emergency system in place. There's so many variables right now, what's going on. It's hard to predict what will happen. But if you don't take time to prepare, you're going to be caught off guard. And right now you can get $200 off. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. These are the three-month emergency food kits that are a foundation for your home emergency food system. And it's what ensures that no matter what disasters come, whatever the upheavals come, that you'll be prepared to carry your family through this and keep them healthy and keep them safe. That's critical. Now, Patriots, one of the things that I, I'm not going to get into the immense amount of detail yet, but we, there is a history here of a war on the family that has a great deal of its history rooted in the origins of Planned Parenthood, and this would be Margaret Sanger. Now, I'm not an expert on this area, and I'm not trying to be tonight. That will soon change because I'm immersed heavily in this research. But what I want you to basically understand is that entire objective of Margaret Sanger and her movement was not to provide a freedom of sex and sex revolution, but rather to provide the pills and the methods by which 
of family could be systematically destroyed. This was an elite movement that fed into the into the elite youth that then 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 kind of by osmosis filtered down to the, to all the youth to where they began to see that sex was no longer for the purpose of producing children, but sex was used for the purpose of pleasure. And that is at the very root of what we're going to be, where they destroy the family. Because once they transition the principle of sex for convenience and pleasure, from, rather than sex being a, a function of extending God's kingdom, the minute that that happened, our families began to spiral into the oblivion, oblivion of hell. And that's literally where we are today. I'm very fortunate to have grown up with two amazing parents with incredible values that have been married for 61 years. But their value structure was a completely different mindset. Marriages were sacred. They endured things together. They worked together to build a family, and they stayed committed to that. In this day, families are, if you're lucky, they last 10 years. The average divorce now is is about 10 years, and we are running a divorce rate that is outrageously high. And all of this is rooting down to the difference of, of the way that we commit and the differences of the way that we approach all of our relationships. And that roots itself back to the roots of Planned Parenthood. Once you start to introduce the concepts and people behind Planned Parenthood, which go to the root of the principles of birth control, changing the entire concept of how we view a relationship, start giving the ability that, when, that sex is pleasure, that it's for fun, and you start to take out the mechanisms by which God designed to create stability and anointment within a nation. Then you started to see the family as just a function of what we decide and how and what that outcome will be. And I've covered some of this before, but it gets pretty pressing, especially as we head into Thanksgiving, because this is a period of time this week to do a deep reflection, truly, on what family is and what it's about. Now, I'm very blessed this week, the last few days, to have had the Cantrell family here with us and to watch parenting at another level to be very honest, to just sit back and witness this as, a, as parents, these parents who have been traveling the country for the last year in a, in a fifth wheeler doing ministry on the ground. Many of you met them at Bards Fest. What we're experiencing when you witness them and watch how they parent is a whole nother level. And what's the big difference is it's rooted in scripture and it's rooted in the belief and understanding of, of deliverance and inner healing. All of that's critical to them. And what they have in common, not only being truly a match that God brought together between Christine and Paul, is that they have an understanding of the depth of trauma in lives that can carry on to the future, and they don't want to see that in their children. One of the things we saw roll out in the 60s, another crazy idea, is that the children should not be disciplined. And so we got to a principle where parents let the child do whatever the child wanted and gave the child latitude to literally dictate its future. That's another mechanism of destruction of the family because the child needs a structure. All we have to do is read Ephesians 4. And we start to understand that there has to be an an order by which the children are nurtured, that the children love their father, and that we have a hierarchy in a family. The idea that they went out and looking at equal rights, for example, with women, and unfortunately so many women bought into this. And what they've done, just like women wanting to be on the front lines in the military, all you have done is fed your ego and stepped away from the principles of what God intended you to be, which was a mother, a nurture, and one of the most mighty forces in the kingdom, because that literally gets to what, we, what God has called in my, in my prayers, the ministry of the womb. That is, there's, no greater, there's no greater place in the universe than the ministry of the womb, where the mother brings forth life. And that is what was a principal value in my parents' time. 
principal value in their parents' time, a principal value in my great-grandparents' time. But today, it becomes a choice of how much burden do we want to take economically. Families are planned literally by the economic budget. And that feeds right into the current narrative in our society where the economics are declining. And as economics decline, the dollar buying power declines. There's, there's higher costs. There's higher taxes. Everybody's focus being on a Babylonian system dependent on a paper dollar that has zero backing. It's a fiat currency. And we end up living our lives based around paper and not around the principal worship and foundations of what God told us to do. When we step into this other place in this world, an amazing place where we start to place our commitment into God in a big, big way. We start to tell our, we start to step into what you hear me talk about regularly now, stepping into the yes, saying, yes, God, I want to. Yes, God, I will. Yes, God, I will. Do whatever you say. We're putting our vision and our focus on a completely different level and a completely different way of living. Money ceases to be the dictator. Only his voice and his guidance dictate us. And unfortunately, we live in an era right now where that idea, when you tell people that you talk to God, they look at you like you have some growth coming out of your right ear or left ear. They look at you and literally ask questions. I've had a pastor literally sit down and ask me and look at me in the eye and say, do you really talk to God? And my answer was, yes, and you don't? And then he followed on, do you really hear from God? It's like, yes, and you don't? See, the problem is that we have been so distracted and so so deep in our ways of a material world that we are now living in a place where our worship becomes the idols of the purchases of the fiat dollar. Our, our worship is not the relationship of walking as Jesus walked. And that is really the root of where we go to because nowhere in the print Bible has anyone ever asked to have their family size reduced. Think about what I just said. Never. But we decide in this day our size of our families, and we miss the fact that what God does is bless us with the greatest blessing, which is the ability to produce and to have children, to go forth, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, and prosper. Prosper, you can't expand a kingdom if you don't have children. And the, most, the greatest distortion here in this fight is we run around in circles with things that are going on in politics and things that are going on in, in, with Trump's trial and things that are going on in the Middle East. No one is paying attention to what war is being waged against the family and how destructive it's been and how constructive it, con destructive it is going to continue to be. So let's look at some of those details. Birth control was a weapon. It wasn't a choice. It wasn't an ability to free you up, mothers, as a burden or women as a burden of having children. It was to separate you from your function up by, that God gave you. It was designed to separate you from the very principles of being the caregiver and nurture of children. Now, I'm going to be really clear here because I always get these responses, especially from my parents' generation and a little bit forward, because there seems to be like this is an attack on them, and it's not. That generation, there's no attack. You're in the midst of a cultural change, and we had no optic. But what I have to be very clear is we can see what was done now. And as obligation scripturally, the way we have to live is we now become the watchers on the wall. And if we do not call out and speak out the truth to what is going on, blood is on our hands. This time we are in is a completely different generation than what I grew up in. This generation now, we are seeing children literally being led to the slaughter by their parents to have their balls cut off or their breasts removed. 
And this is an unconscionable act that as a society, we sit down and we wring our hands and we say, that's bad. It's not bad. This is the greatest sin one could ever do because complacency and silence is equal to doing harm to the little ones. And God is very clear what happens to those people. A millstone would be better and have you cast into the sea. We have not been bold about speaking up and defending our children at all. We have not been bold about encouraging big families. Instead, we've winced at the idea of, of children costing more. We've collapsed on our knees and said, I will give no more. We've done everything we can to curtail this. And if that isn't bad enough, the propaganda that went into the side of the women's movement then was designed and strategically targeted to then go after the men. And what does that look like? Right now, one of the fastest and most aggressive ways it's going on in this country quietly, the silent war against the entire population and humanity, is the idea that men need to carry their fair share on preventing births. And so the rise as happens across this country is the rise of vasectomy clinics. And they are going now at the age of 18, 18 years old, giving vasectomies to young men, telling them that it is okay because you can get it reversed as you go forward. So let's talk about that. And it's going to get very personal. I'm going to be very detailed. That is the biggest lie that has ever been told. So if you're one of those now that's sitting on this cuffs of a, of a decision, let me tell you what this is. You're part of a eugenics program. You're part of a process to destroy the ability of a nation to reproduce. Birth control is one thing. It can cause hormone imbalance. It can cause side effects. It can cause a lot of things that may, over the long term, limit an ability for a woman to carry children. That we know. That isn't even a question. Medically, it's proven. But the thing is that it doesn't destroy the ability to raise a child, to have a child. If you do a physical surgery, like having your tubes tied or having a hysterectomy, by choice rather than by a medical procedure, let me be very clear, meaning that it's determined that you have to get it done. And there's a lot of discussion about that, but I'm not going to get into that side of it. If you by choice decide to have the limitation of your body done to stop having children, that's one thing. But as a mechanical method, that's the only way a woman can prevent having children. But it has now become a standard acceptance that men at some point should get a vasectomy. Even talking to Christine and Paul, they got swept up in it too, not too recently, not, not, not too long ago. Like within the last eight weeks, I, I'm sorry, it would be a little bit longer, but probably about the last 12 weeks. And there was a discussion amongst between them to have that operation done. They didn't, and now they're carrying yet another child, which they are thrilled to have. This is the deal here, folks, and I can't get it, I cannot pound this hard enough. The root of this war is the destruction of the ability to, for a society to reproduce. Because the end goal of what they're trying to do is force people into clinics where your children will be built and designed by the genetic laboratories that are controlled by the state. This is called transhumanism. And the only way transhumanism succeeds is if a society can no longer reproduce and sustain itself. And this is where we have arrived. Planned Parenthood is going to become, in the, in the future not too far out, the birthing centers of the world. They have the genetic databases. They have all the experience of ripping children from the womb. They have all the experiences of giving vasectomies to men. They have set the stage to become the new centers of life 
planned for parents to nurture. And that means genetic, genetically designed children. That means that you have children that are literally incubated in incubations, not wombs, mechanical wombs. Even to the fact that they're starting to advertise the idea that you can bring that mechanical womb into your home and watch your baby grow like you watch a TV show. This isn't a design, this isn't an idea that's way out in the science fiction future. That technology is here today, and it's been here since the early 70s. No one paid attention because as they were doing these sort of test tube operations and birthing cattle in bags and creating clones and creating all these things in the laboratory, always for animals and sheep, no one ever really thought because they never wanted to believe that they would use those methods on humanity alone. And that's where we're going. So let's get back to that vasectomy thing. They're telling young men that vasectomies are a good choice so that they can enjoy their sexual life as a 20-year-old as a and then they can go off later and they can get it reversed and then they can have children when they get older. There's only one clinic that I have found in the entire United States that can do a surgery where they guarantee you a success rate in the 90 percentile for a reversal. One clinic. They do one vasectomy reversible reversal a day. In the United States, the average vasectomy clinic is doing 10 vasectomies a day. 10. And they're on this average small town, there are four clinics per town. That doesn't count a city like Portland, where there's literally 10 to 20 clinics that are giving that sort of volume each day. Now you can start doing the math. And you can start seeing that there is a disproportionate number of people that are getting a vasectomy, which means that they are permanently losing their ability to have children. It's to the root. And they're taking, the enemy is taking an ax to the root, literally. Now next week, on Monday, I fly to Tucson. I'm 58 years old. I have no reason to do this in principle, but I have every reason to do this for God. And I've been called very clearly by him to go get this redone. I had a vasectomy done 22 years ago. And I'm just going to check that date. 18, yeah, 22 years ago. 18 years ago, I'm sorry, 18 years ago. 18 years ago, I had it done. And 18 years ago, I did it for all the wrong reasons. Swept up in the idea that there was no interest in having children anymore and that there was no need for me to have the responsibility of having the potential to get children and basically reduced a relationship into little more than a pleasure of sex and no risk of obligation or, re or responsibility of being a parent. Once you do that change, it changes you and the relationship forever. It never anymore has the nurturing and the core root of what God intends. I'm speaking from experience and I'm speaking from the casualty that I walked myself. So a week from tomorrow, I will be in Tucson to have a reversal surgery. It's a four to five hour surgery. It is not a small event and it will take upwards of 30 days to heal. And the possibility of a, of a successful reversal literally goes to somewhere around, at my age and the time, somewhere around 80 to 
So again, and it was a fair question. My dad asked me sitting at the table, he said, son, why are you bothering at 58 years old? You have no one in your life. You have no prospects on the future. And you have, you're, you're old enough to where getting, making children is, may not be the wisest decision. And we can have those debates all day long. But my answer is very simple because it's the right thing to do. Because God never intended to have that surgery done. Otherwise, he would have put an on-off switch somewhere in my body, and he didn't. And this is something that every man that has done this now has to start considering and reflecting on why did you do it. And if I get the thing, well, we don't want any more kids, then ask yourself, did God tell you that? Because the answer is not, is not going to be, yes, God told me that. And if it is, I really want to hear that testimony. Because it is, there is nowhere in the Bible that this shows up that way. So we literally have to start reconsidering where the real war is. Now, this event is being built. We are also doing a documentary on this, not on the specific surgery. So don't worry. You don't have any graphic things you have to look at or worry about this. But the topic is at the center of all of this. And my journey and decision will be documented. But it's including a massive richness of, of discussing family. The Cantrell families are part of this film. And so are other, other people, Michelle, Leah, and other experts, Rhonda, who have come into this with massive amount of knowledge and background into the whole concept of the Sanger movement and what was going on in, in Aleister Crowley and how all of these satanic elements infiltrated our culture, infiltrated our churches, and infiltrated the mindset to a point where men, and I was one of them, willfully comply to becoming a soldier in the enemy's army. And that's basically it. If you want to really want to get more uneasy about this, the surgeries that they're doing on men and women are the precursors to the transgender movement today. And this is what we are looking at in this country. One of the worst possible wars that ever could be waged, and it's been done silently and with the free will and acceptance of society as they tear out the root, the very root of who we are and what our possibility is to reproduce and to repopulate. Patriots, let me just take a break here real quick just to give you a call out to another one of our great sponsors, and that would be Birch Gold. This Friday ends at the end of the week is the end of their Black Friday event. So right now, when you open a gold IRA, with, with, for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. But you have to text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can even help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bars. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 today. Look at the national debt. And when you see a national debt that's greater than our total GDP, you know the time for to diversify into precious metals is now. This fiat dollar is collapsing. Birch Gold makes it very convenient to move some of those into some of those assets into physical gold. So Birch Gold Group has an A-plus rating with a better business bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Receive a free info kit on gold and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualifying purchase. Check it out. So our war that we've been waging is we've gone across overseas to fight enemies, domestic and we look at the body politic and we say that we have enemies 
I'm sorry, to fight enemies foreign, and then we come back home to fight enemies domestic. Whereas keep looking at the enemy domestic, is that in the body politic, those people that are involved in the election machines? And all the while, I swear the enemy is laughing its, its tail off at us. Because it's winning the most important war. The destruction and annihilation of the ability for a country to reproduce. Between COVID and COVID-Con, that whole disaster has caused massive sterilization across this youth and across this country. Massive birth defects and, and birth, birth uh, um, automatic abortions. Many, many problems that have occurred. We have a die-off going on. All of this is being done and waged against white America principally and white Christian America specifically. And on top of that, we've had churches that have literally sold their soul, not only to the principles of getting injected, but to the, even the principles of encouraging men to get vasectomies. They won't support abortion, but they will support that. There's no difference in the end, other than the fact that you don't have a live baby screaming and being murdered, which in itself is just unconscionable. But it's a principle that it's a quiet and easy way to interrupt God's purpose. And at the end, every nation shall be judged. Our war right now has to be won on an awareness of what's going on. And that awareness of where we're going, that awareness of what's being said, of what's being told to our youth has to be interrupted. And the only way that we are going to get there is if we start speaking truth and understanding what's going on. The root of the family has been deeply corrupted. And it is done intentionally. Even, and I've mentioned this before, and I know it makes people uneasy, but you know what, folks? This is where I'm at. In a calling by God to step in and speak of this, I really don't care if people are offended. Because when we get even into the sexual practices of the bedroom and you start to dissect those, and if you will spend time reading what some of the sexual worship practices are of the Luciferians, the satanic cults, you start to find that the most horrific practices of the cults are now accepted in America's bedrooms as far as pleasure and sex. There is nothing biblical. In fact, it's everything anti-biblical. And because people don't take the time to read deep within scripture, they're not seeing the truth. And churches aren't speaking out on it. They're not encouraging youth. They're not telling youth the guidelines. They're not giving them the tools of war to stop. And yet here we are. A nation whose current birth rate is about 2.2%, which be my, means, by the way, that we are beginning the infinite spiral of never being able to recover. And so even with many of these men who suddenly decide that, well, I now I'm going to, sure, I'm going to make a family, they now have modified themselves as I did and have to face a reality that they may not be able to have a family even though God intended them to. Now, can we heal it? Of course. Can God overcome all things? Absolutely. And can faith overrule all of the darkness of, the, of this that's been done? Yes. But let's be reasonable also to understand that this war that's being waged is at a level where most people's faith ends. They don't have that level of faith to dig themselves into the relationship with God. Not the way we need to. The greatest tragedy for me is that this is a war that people don't want to surface and don't want to talk about. They don't like to be told that what you're doing in your life and your sexual practices and the way that you make decisions about family planning is wrong. And yet you'll point, people will point their finger at China and go, that's wrong to have a one-child policy. 
but they won't realize that in this country we don't need a totalitarian government to dictate that. We just need people to accept that having too many children impedes their material lifestyle. And in so doing, the state wins. It's about jobs and economics over God's calling to reproduce. And unfortunately, God's calling to reproduce, to expand and to populate this world, to get into the core of the true relationships God intended us to be so that we can go forth and prosper. That's less important than the big house, the new car, and the credit cards. That's a sickness that we're at right now, and it's sad. There's even people out here, and I had this discussion today with a friend. And I have to be honest, this discussion caught me completely off guard. I never fathomed that these sorts of discussions were going on. But it was a discussion about purity before marriage. And the discussion was the comments that have been made and the attacks waged on this person were unbelievable. Some of those things being said that you need to have sex before marriage to know if you want to sleep with this person in the future. I'm like, there you go. There's our core value of what has become of our culture. That the, the pleasure measure of a relationship is greater than the holy measure of what God intends. That's a rot at the moral fabric of a nation that has corrupted us, and it goes right back to the 60s and the sexual revolution. But it also lays on our shoulders as a society, as a society now that has allowed it to continue, has allowed abortion to become a thing, has allowed the teachings in the school to tell children that it's okay to abort, it's okay to have crazy sex, it's okay to take a day after pill. It's okay to have those secretly mailed to your home in plain wrappers so your parents don't know so that you can order them if you've had sex as a teen and you're suddenly pregnant. Don't tell your parents. Just get online and order them from one of these sites and they'll be mailed to your house and you can get it. And if you're if you're one of those households that doesn't pay attention, don't worry. We'll get it right by your parents because there won't be any markings on the box. We're at a whole new level. And the only way we are going to literally get through this war is if we start to reproduce the essence of what the family is. And the root of the family is based on some very simple principles. We are not intended to be marrying for the flesh. We are intended to be seeking a higher level of relationship and love that transcends the flesh to be together in the honor of what God is. God is at the center of all things, and love comes from him and through us. Now, just in case somebody tries to rebuke this on me, I'm just going to explain something. Don't. Because while my life may be a train wreck in relationships, I witness every day the success of that statement. 61 years of marriage that my parents have have lived with and done and done so successfully at a point where no matter what the day, no matter what the time, I watch two people walk in love, always interested in each other, always taking time for one another after 61 years. That does not happen with a relationship forged in the bed and on the mattress. It's forged in a relationship that seeks something greater. So, This is a point right now when we all have to start making some very hard decisions. And it's the hard decisions that we have to start talking to people honestly. I'm being as transparent as I will ever be because it is that important. 
I watch 10 young children run around with parents that are continuing to nurture them and love them in the name of the Lord. I watch 10 young children that pray at every meal. I watch 10 young children who speak in prophetic, who pray for healing, and God gives them the gifts. And they've grown up in a way that we need to raise every family. If we do not get back to this, if we do not restore this in our nation, we will never have a future to speak of. We could win every battle. You can win every battle against the deep state, be it voting, be it politics, be it money, be it corporate boardrooms. You can even take the Luciferians out of the school. But unless we can develop and overcome an understanding and awareness to what we are doing in the process of what a family truly means, that generation of my parents is dying off. They're at their end window. I don't want to see them go. I want to see their information preserved. But guess what? That idea of talking to people that now preserve a relationship, a marriage for 61 years, that's like trying, like finding a dinosaur in the middle of Montana. It's that rare. And it shouldn't be. It should be prized. It should be revered. And it should be examples for our youth. But instead, we teach our youth all the illicit practices of sex and worse. They don't worry about it. You can mutilate yourself when you're young, before you have any conscience of the fact of having children and your parents will support it because they're that brainwashed and that stupid and they're that anti-God. And don't worry, we'll walk you into the altar of death and we shall speak death over your life and do better. We'll take a knife to you and make sure that you never have an opportunity to be a mother or a father for eternity. That's what we are allowing, the greatest sin of all. And it's being waged against our children because they know that we may not be able, to be able to be controlled, but they know that if they can get to the kids, they will get to the root and they will take an ax to the root and the family will never be restored. The pilgrims came off the boat as families. Families is God's unit of anointment, of anointing for a land. It's how people come together. It's how the blessings happen and families stand together. And that's how God built a system that would never be shaken. And yet, it's not just shaken, it's almost destroyed. We took our eyes off of God. We put our eyes on Babylon. We took our eyes off of God. We put our eyes on the bed and the mattress and the pleasure. And we stopped listening to him. We stopped trusting in him. And we got lost. And then the enemy moved in and took out the knives and the axes and went to work. And now we're not just lost. We're mutilated. We're broken. And we're scattered. God is going to reset this. There's no question about that. But he's not going to re reset it with those that stay silent. He's not going to reset it with those that do nothing. He's going to reset this with those that want to speak up and speak. Lean in. I'll take this, the arrows. I don't care. Because what I know that this process is, I will be, I'm sure there'll be some great comments come out about this. But I'm walking this path because God asked me to. I'm walking this path because it's the only right thing to do. And I'm walking this path because I'll tell you, you can't speak to another man and talk to him about doing something 
if you haven't been able to say, I've done it myself, I've gone all in and I've laid it all down. And I will. I've had people tell me this will ruin the channel. And I said to them, I didn't build this channel, God did. I've had people warn me about being this exposed, it'll come back and backfire on me. And I said, well, good, then I'll be more vulnerable and I'll be more exposed because then you have nothing on me because you can't use that which I put into the public. Honesty, truth, vulnerability, laying it all down for God because this is about a nation that has to be saved. Because if we don't get the family restored, your children have no future. Your children have no hope. Only thing the children have to look forward to is enslavement. And that's the darkest thing yet. Our value and our gift in this world is the protection and nurturing of the children. It is a time now that we as a people have to stand up and start doing just that. We still have a twilight of my parents' generation available to us. Use them. Talk to them. Include them. Let the youth experience them. I was so humbled and blessed, as were the Cantrells that are here, that my parents came up and spent a full Saturday with that family. My dad is 87 next month. My mom is 86. And the children had an opportunity to witness what would be real grandparents. It's not that the Cantrells don't have that, but this was right here and right now, and they took to it. And you see it. You see the love come out of people that understand parenting because it's an unspoken language. As the children receive, the adults receive back. Because that love that we have is truly the fabric that God gives us and why we have to have it. This is the origins of God's greatest power, is innocence and the common language of love. And love isn't one type of love. But there's echelons and echelons of love that are so fantastic and so pure that the farther we seek for it, the greater power we achieve. And it's achieving the power through Him and the Holy Spirit. But children are blessed because they arrive in this world innocent and tied to Him. They can speak His voice without even knowing they're speaking because they talk to Him all the time. We make an effort about it. We destroy our lives. Men get addicted to porn. Probably one of the most destructive forces in the universe. Someone asked me the other day, if you were going to destroy a relationship, destroy a, a country, that was the question to me. And then what was, was this, Scott, with all of your knowledge in information warfare and psychological warfare, if you were going to destroy a nation using those tools, what would you do? And my response was simple and direct. I would seed pornography into a culture and I wouldn't even have to seed it very far because once it gets started, Men's hearts are so weak that they will spread it like a virus. And within one generation, the core of the family will be destroyed. That's how corrosive that is. That's how corrosive it is to everything within a culture. Everything that we value. Everything that we have built, that God wanted to build a nation on. So we are at the precipice of choice as a nation. We have to go down to the root of evil and take an ax to it because that's the one telling us that families can be broken, that pornography is okay, that children being doing gender changes is the new normal. 
and the parents standing on the side and going along with that tyranny or other parents standing on the side doing little of nothing, it's okay because you have no control, you have no power because only this Luciferian system can change things. And oh, by the way, if your vote isn't right and the wrong moral values get put in power, be quiet and wait four years to get a chance to vote again. Nowhere in our documents of this nation does it say that. And yet the obedience of a culture to darkness, to weakness, is unprecedented. The only time we may have seen something like this is the fall of Rome. And the same practices were being used then. So, we have a choice. And the choice may mean a, a type of fight that you're uncomfortable fighting. But I guarantee you where this fight begins, and it needs to be waged with ruthlessness and fury. It begins in the realm of the spirit. It begins in changing the mindset through the faith in our God, the faith in the one God, the God of hosts. It, it begins with the one-on-one -on -one engagements to enlighten people to what they're being used for as puppets in a eugenics program to destroy a nation so that they who are in power don't have to take any claim to the failure, that all the blame spiritually will be fall on the shoulders and on the hearts of those that have willfully complied in the destruction of the family by following those things that God said never to do. That's a burden of a nation, and that's where nations will be judged. I'm not going to be part of that judgment if I can avoid it. I'm going to be part of the voice that speaks truth, no matter how difficult it is for someone to hear. You want to talk about the bedroom? I'll go right there with you. You want to talk about sins that we do there because it has nothing to do with biblical and expanding the kingdom, but only to do with pleasure of the flesh? I'll go right there, and I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. And if I'm told by someone that I have no authority to speak there because my relationships are broken and that they've only enjoyed pleasure in theirs, I'll remind you about something. The destruction of my own pathway has given me the insight that God needs to speak the truth to what will be successful in a future of kingdom, and I'll take it all. I'm asking you to join me. I'm asking you to be bold. I'm asking you to step out right now and to be greater in this voice than ever before. We are in a time right now that we have to start facing what we are really in. This is a spiritual war that has been using the tools of the darkness of the spirit to influence the hearts of men and women to turn away from God and to use their greatest gift. And I will say it is the greatest gift, which is the gift of creation. I can't think of anything greater. And how many times will you hear this again and again? That there is a, that God put us into the flesh to enjoy the flesh. And I will argue it completely different for you. God put us in the flesh to experience the flesh, to learn about the depth and challenge of achieving the realms of the spirit. Because we are spirit first and flesh second, not the other way around. And the challenge that we face and what cre creates a greater in us and through him is the ability to overcome that which is of the flesh to become greater in him and to let it go. And then to walk in a realm that he will let you walk in. And then you realize truly what the words means. I am not of this world. And that's the approach of trying to walk as he wants us all to walk close to Jesus. Remember, 
Jesus said to the woman, the adulteress that had the accusers on the other side. And after the accusers had left and dropped their stones, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, my Lord, they're not here. And he said, now go and sin no more. You see, it's possible to walk like him because he even said, you can do all that I do and greater works than he. But we have to work harder. We have to strive higher. We have to challenge ourselves greater. And we have to start speaking the truths more boldly in this world because just doing it for ourselves is not enough. All that we face right now in a nation is at a precipice of time that if we do not get to the root of this and take an ax to the root of the enemy's using, we're over, we're done. And the only thing that can change it is the intervention of God himself. So if you're one of those that uses end of time prophecies and believes that that's going to happen and you're going to wait for that moment, you're going to wait long and you're going to see a lot of death. But when we're speaking now in the time in which we are, we speak life. We fight from the position of victory because Jesus died on the cross and gave us that victory. And we bring that anointment and that victory into this world by speaking life, by pushing for life, and by expanding the kingdom with the greatness that we were given to literally create life. So going forward, this has to be a major theme. Going forward, the stories that we tell and share will change a nation. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to be bold. And we have to put ourselves before him to say, Lord, God, our Father, I am here. I will lay it all down. Now send me. Because what's at stake is not only our future, but the future of generations yet unborn. Patriots, let's pray. Father, as we come to you today, we just pray for a change of heart and a change of mind. That this is a time now, Father, that's a critical hour. An hour now that we must step in, lean in, and understand that what we speak and what we say as we speak life into this world will transform a nation because we have those authorities, we have that power, as long as we're speaking your voice through us. So, Father, we pray in this hour that there'll be a humbling of the hearts and to understand that the humbling of the hearts before you is a rise of the courage of hearts in men. This is an hour, Father, that we need the strength of men. We need the strong voices of men. And alongside, we need the strong voices of women to walk with them, the wives and the women. You've given us that, Father. And you've given us that because the men have been so weak and derailed that the only voice now that can speak above the crowd and above the complacency of those that have given in have been the women that understand the power of the mother and the nurturing needed to raise a nation. And of course, as expected, there's always going to be the voices that chant out and say, you said no women in the ministry. And yet, Father, if we've really listened, we know that you have said there are no more men in the ministry to call because you lost your way and you cast a nation into the pits of hell. So now it's a point of rebuilding. It's a point of standing. It's a point of using this window in time for the men who do hear this message to stand up 
to raise up the new generation of mighty warriors, to speak boldly into the truth, and to speak into a nation, to speak into its people in this critical hour. It's not a point of pointing to the generations that are far ahead of us, that have already done all they can. It's now for this generation that's still in that middle wage, wage of life, that still has the opportunity to be heard, to be bold, to be powerful in message, to reach to the youth and to raise them up and themselves to retool and to come to you, to be humble, to be vulnerable, and to be restored in the mightiness as kingdom intended. This is the hour, Father. And so our prayer is for those men that will hear, to raise them up in a mighty way and to create that Gideon's army. We don't need the millions. What we need are the 300 whose hearts are towards you, giving their heart wholly to you, to listen to you, to be humbled before you, and to have the courage that you've asked of us in this hour to expand this kingdom and subdue this enemy. So, Father, our prayer is for the rising of the men of the hour, the mighty men of God. Bless us, Father. Guide us in Jesus, we say, amen. Such a critical point in time. Big choices that have to be made, and every one of us has to be part of them. We have to be bold, truthful, transparent, and understand what's at risk because it's not this little spat in the Middle East. It's not your economics. It's not your corporate boardrooms. It's not your schools. The real war begins in the home with the understanding of the purpose and getting rid of everything that they have done to try to disrupt the seed and to restore the family to its root that means putting God back at the center, creating relationships designed and built around the holiness and blessings of having children, and raising a family that understands that our life is made not through dollars, but by the work of the land and the soil and the raising up of beasts to work the land with you. It's back to basics. It's Jeremiah 6.16. And when we understand what he's telling us, the pathway is clear ahead. So it's time to rise, it's time to stand, and it's time to win. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, 
that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 